Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back and you are listening to McNamara on Money here on WATD. Get back to work, dear. Oh yeah, this is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shore's radio station. Uh, Local news, local weather, local politics, local financial stuff, and local Medicare discussions here. Uh, My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and my guest this morning is Peter Stoner from Stoner & Company. He's a Medicare expert, folks. This is your special day if you have some Medicare-related questions. Our telephone number, 781 Eight three seven forty nine hundred, and we are discussing all things Medicare. But first, I got to do a couple of quick little commercials here. So, number one, uh, folks, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Marshfield Food Pantry. Uh, they need our help. They need our help all the times, uh, and uh, I'd like you to please help them out with a donation of food or money. You can send your tax deductible donation to the Marshfield Food Pantry, Post Office Box one nine zero seven in Marshfield, Massachusetts, as we. Need Natives say down here, uh, or drop off your donations at the new headquarters in Library Plaza at uh, in Marshfield. They've got a great little space down there. But seriously, folks, so there's a whole bunch of folks locally who uh, can can use our help and uh, helping out that food pantry is a really good way to do it. Also, so let's see next Saturday. Let's go. What's going on here? Oh, I like this. Uh, Kirk and Alyssa, as in uh, daughter and son-in-law and business partners, will be doing a show. I love this. The Roth 
in all its beauty. Holy moly. Talk talk about getting excited about a Roth IRA, folks. So if you have any interest in Roth IRAs, they're tax-free and perfectly legal so far. But, uh, you know, that sounds like a good show. So that'll be cool. Okay. And then two Saturdays from now on October 20th, uh, the old guy, that would be me, will be doing a Common Sense Financial Survival in Today's Crazy World Part 3. I started this about a month and a half ago, and it's taken me two shows to get through two-thirds of the the material here. But uh, my bride of many years, uh, Pamela, will be the straight man, and I'll be the entertainment there in a couple of weeks. And we'll have some fun about, oh, stuff you should be doing. And uh, if you've listened to the show before, you probably know I speak generally in English, and uh, hopefully people can understand the big picture here. And then, uh, oh, and this is exciting here. So let's see, October 16th. Uh, Peter is going to be uh, speaking at a seminar that McNamara Financial Services will be sponsoring. Okay, and uh, Kirk Reed uh, will be carrying the load there, doing introductions and other stuff here. Uh, And uh, basically, so Peter is going to be down in Marshfield uh, at Station 8, the restaurant, on Tuesday, October 16th. So that's not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Yeah, so so in about a week and a half, uh, Peter's going to be speaking speaking on all things Medicare in person uh, at the Station 8 Restaurant and Pub Function Room located at 1899 Ocean Street in Marshfield. Complimentary cocktail. I made sure they didn't make that plural so that, you know, you know, guys sure. can get carried away here. Although some people attending might need a couple of cocktails after listening to the uh, Medicare information. But anyway, complimentary cocktail and hors d'oeuvres. Uh, it starts at 6.30 and the seminar starts promptly uh, at 7 p.m. I think we have a bunch of people here, but we still have some room. So if you have an interest in attending, uh, you can't walk in. you got to call the lovely Miss Mary Beth at McNamara Financial Services at uh, 781-834-2010 and register. Okay, you have to be breathing, be a nice person, and call us if you want to go to the seminar, folks. It's as simple as that. And uh, Peter will spend some time talking about the subject and answering your questions. So uh, if there's a question you have today, well, we can do that on the uh, on the phone here. It's uh, 781-837-4900. And uh, hopefully we get some callers and uh, talk about what's going on. All righty. So basically... Between October 15th and 12-7, if people want to change their Medicare arrangements, they can do so. And uh, that explains the reams of mail I have been getting uh, in the last few weeks and and emails and a bunch of other things. So uh, tis that time. Okay, so where do you want to go from here? So what we were talking about was the four choices or options that people have as they age into Medicare. And by that, I mean turn 65. We talked about how they can stay on their employer group plan. Uh, The second one is they can go on just Part A and Part B of Medicare. Those are the two parts of Medicare. Yeah. And or they can go on a Medicare Advantage plan, which is a Part C plan. I was speaking to the fact that uh, they come in the form of something that has a network. It's either an HMO or a PPO, and the networks are relatively small when you compare them against a commercial plan network. Okay. Now, uh, at this point, I typically bring up the fact that um, my wife is on a Medicare Advantage plan, 
and I tell people why we chose that for her. So it, again, yeah, it's like an all-in-one plan. You just work with them, it, and Medicare is kind of behind the scenes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely okay. right. Yeah, okay. So with I, my, I read that you, know. you did <laughs> okay. in some of the many pieces of literature you've received <laughs> I recently. I remember that. <laughs> See, um, we chose that for my wife because um, I mentioned earlier that we both turned sixty-five in two thousand and twelve. And at that point, uh, her doctor was in the network of a particular HMO. I'm not going to tell you which one. Yep. But the premium at the time was somewhere around $30 a month. Pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, it's now up around $45 a month. Still pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that includes prescriptions. Wow. Okay. So that's a good deal. Yep. The one thing that you need to remember in a, a Medicare Advantage plan is... Everything incurs a copayment. Okay. So if I go to a, she goes to her primary care doctor, it's a copayment. In this case, it's about twenty-five dollars. Goes to a specialist, it's a higher copayment. In this case, it's about thirty-five dollars. On Medicare Advantage plans, the highest copayment is always for a hospitalization. Okay. Usually, it's something like with my wife, it's around three hundred dollars a day for a maximum of five days. Okay. After which there's no copayment. Okay. So she can stay in longer than the five days, and she pays for the five days times three hundred dollars. That's it. So that's a that's a pretty good value. They pay the, we pay the little stuff. They pay the big stuff. They basically. pay the big stuff. Yeah. Okay. So um, why would we take a Medicare Advantage plan for my wife? We took a Medicare Advantage plan for my wife because. Number one, her doctor was in a network. And you get pretty attached to your doctor. You get very yeah. attached yeah. to your doctor. Okay. Um, number two, the price was right. Good value. Yeah. Um, she pays a copayment for everything, but she doesn't access services very much. Okay. So she takes no prescriptions. She okay. still takes no prescriptions. Holy cow. All right. So uh, it's a really good value for her. Yeah. And... Um, as I say, she's stayed on that plan since 2012. So the first thing we did, and the first thing I always advise people when they're considering that kind of a plan, is, um, so does your doctor take it? Does your doctor take the plan? And which plan does your doctor take? And in our case, our doctor only took one plan. So when people call me and they want to know what plan I sh they should take, I don't tell them what yeah. plan they should take. I tell them which plan treats their prescriptions uh, the most cost effectively, okay. and I give them other information, but they've got to determine uh, certain things as well, and one of which is, what doctor are they comfortable with? I find that most people that are around my age and your age yep. are, have had a doctor for a long time and want to keep that doctor. Yep. Now, I'm finding that that changes a little bit in this age of concierge service. Yep. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but um, my wife and I have run into instances in the last decade where our doctor that we had had for many years took concierge service where all of a sudden they're charging usually around $1,800 a person just to be able to see them. Okay. And in both instances, my wife and I decided, you know, we really like you. Yeah. Mr. Doctor, but we don't like you that much. Yeah, okay, good. We're, we're not willing to pay that uh, money, but in any event. So she took the Medicare Advantage plan. We pay a co-payment for all of her medical services, about $45 a month, really good deal. 
and and so that's the premium. Okay, so is the Medicare uh, premium built into that, or, or, or is that paid by the company? The, How does that the work? Medicare premium being the piece that goes to the federal government. Yeah. No, that comes out. It, typically, that yeah. comes out of one social security so payment. Separate, but still, it's pretty cheap for that. Plus, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the, how much that will cost. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but in any event, for her, it was a really good value. Both of her parents live to be ninety five years old. Okay. So she she's got no chronic conditions. Uh, she's got longevity in her family. Uh, we're looking at another potential option for 2019, but I'm not going to talk about yeah. that because we haven't decided uh, yet. Yeah, so it's perfect, and you know what you're doing to match it to her, basically. A- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Whereas I took a Medicare supplement plan. That's the fourth option. Okay. So we've talked about three options. Now, the Medicare Advantage plans, one last point, is they're all offered through private carriers. So in Massachusetts, that's the usual suspect's. That's the Tufts, Harvard Pilgrim, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Fallon, now the ones from out of state, United, Humana, uh, uh, Aetna. I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, There's some minor players that are out in the western part of the Massachusetts, but I don't think you have uh, the radio signal that goes out that far, so I won't won't mention those. Okay. But um, so. That's how that piece works, and, and you're welcome to call and ask more questions about it. Yeah, by the way, folks, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. Once again, 781-837-4900. If you have a Medicare-related question, uh, this is your special day. So on the Medicare Advantage plans, okay, uh, and, and are that's for folks well, like the McNamara's, if you have a... a teacher or fireman or policeman or kind of, okay, most, a, a lot of municipal uh, kinds of uh, entities do the supplemental kind of plans that kind of come baked in. And uh, so there's a whole lot of people who have a supplement plan that came with their pr- prior work. And most of those are pretty good deals, I would guess. They right? are. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So typically if you're offered, that's in a retiree option. Yeah, retiree if, option. If yeah, you're okay. offered a retiree option from a former employer, especially if that former employer is a municipality, yeah. you can usually be assured that that's your best deal. Yeah, pretty sweet deal. Yeah, And, okay. I, and I'm going to elaborate on that yeah. a little bit. Okay, but um, in fact, one of, the, one of the things that I did in my former life was I worked as the retiree group sales manager at Tufts Health Plan for over a decade. And in that capacity, we provided Medicare products to large employers who in turn gave it to their employees. Okay. So I do know uh, actually quite a bit about that particular yeah. market and yeah. we'll speak yeah. to that. That's interesting. And any, is that market, market shrinking because of oh, cost? It's shrinking big time. R- r- really? Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. it's not just cost. Um, yeah. there, there was a, uh, an accounting regulation that was passed in the mid-1990s uh, I want to say it was called FASB 106. And what it said essentially was that... F- federal or state uh, regulation? Uh, federal. Federal, okay, yeah. And it, what it said was that the large employers that are provided legacy costs, in this case retiree medical coverage, yeah. needed to account for that medical coverage on their current balance sheet. That didn't used to have to be the oh, case. Okay, okay. So now all of a sudden you get a company like IBM They've got a huge liability yep. that is... You don't see if it's so far. <laughs> you, you don't see it or <laughs> yeah. you didn't see it. Or you didn't see it, yeah. But now you have to account for, for example, if a person has a life expectancy of 20 years, yeah. 
you have to account for that 20 years yeah. on your current balance sheet. Yeah. These are companies that are competing not only against one another, but they're competing internationally against companies that don't have to do that. Okay. So they okay. they all pretty much did what yeah. you would think they would do, and that is they said, okay, we're out of this business. Yeah, wow. wow. We're, okay. we're, we'll grandfather those that already have this benefit, yeah. but you'll see more and more of the companies that are that are jettisoning the, yeah. the retiree benefit okay. because they don't want to have to pay uh, the money, number one, but number two, they don't want to have to show that in a balance Yeah, well, sheet. theoretically, they need to do that whether they show it or not, but, right? I Absolutely. Mean, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. But the showing of it then put them at a competitive disadvantage. Wow. So wow. They, okay. they get out of it. Okay. Now, municipalities didn't have that restriction okay. until around 2005. So okay. now, all of a sudden, there was, a, there was something passed that, that did the same thing for municipalities, now they haven't been as quick to jettison the benefit. Okay. But my sense is over time, over years, uh, you you have to consider like the companies had to answer to stockholders. Yeah. The the municipalities have to answer to taxpayers. Yeah. And it's not as a direct an impact. You know, I, I... Just as an aside, I'm thinking of a, a, a really scary uh, analysis. Uh, U.S. governments, state governments, and municipalities have unfunded liabilities, and they don't show up in the balance sheet either. And if they did, uh, people would be really nervous. But So, yeah, that's interesting. So it's interesting that the government would make somebody else, you know, fess up with that, but but not themselves. But, right. hey, but let's, they're, let's they're not com- go there. They're coming around. <laughs> yes, exactly right. And let's not go there. Yeah, yeah. But um, that, that, that's pretty interesting. So, so that... Okay, so if you know, so how would that if a if a municipality, for example, decides to get out of that business, do they honor what they have and just don't do it? New well, teachers. Well, one of the things that, that I've always found that typically those that already have a benefit get yeah. grandfathered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I'm not saying that to scare anybody no, that's no, got understand. a benefit now. But the big picture financially going forward is you got to assume more uh, and more at, costs at some point. Yeah. yeah. At some point, yeah. and certainly under Medicare. Um, we're already starting to assume more cost, yeah, yeah. and we're going to get involved in that piece in, in okay. just a sec. Yeah, okay. I want to finish up on um, the fourth option, which is a Medicare supplement plan. Yep. A Medicare supplement plan is also called a Medigap plan because it fills in the gaps left by Medicare. That 20% or... So, yes, uh, you exactly know, right. You're on the hooker, right? Yeah. So you're on the hook for 20% of the doctor fees. You're on the hook for the um, the Part B deductible of $183 uh, a year. That's not a big deal. Yeah. But the hospital deductible of $1,320 per benefit period yeah. is a big deal because one of the things that we didn't discuss earlier is that that $1,320 is per benefit period. So what's a benefit period? Benefit period is essentially every 60 days. So if somebody is admitted to a hospital, they're discharged and they've been released for 60 days or longer, if they're readmitted to the hospital, that's a whole new copay. Resets every 60 days. Resets. Whoa. Okay. okay. Yep. So it's not an annual deductible like okay. the one for doctors. It's a per-benefit period deductible. And does that differ with companies? And uh, No, that's a standard. That's a federal government really? thing. It's okay. got, you've got that 
Well, that's right. They have to play by the rules or they wouldn't be right. qualified. Got it. So, but a Medicare supplement plan is, uh, and, and let me uh, qualify that, the, uh, plans called SUP1 in Massachusetts will cover all those deductibles. Okay. So you don't have to worry about the deductibles. Also, on a Medicare supplement plan, you can go to any doctor in the country, not just Massachusetts, but in the country who takes Medicare. Okay. So people know approximately 96% of the doctors in Massachusetts take Medicare. So that's most of them. Yeah. By far and away, most of them. So there's no network. It's whatever doctor takes Medicare will take a Medicare supplement plan. On the SUP1, which is the more expensive of the two that are offered in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts you can take the core plan or you can take the SUP1 plan. Okay. I'm talking about the SUP1 plan. I have the SUP1 plan personally. Okay. So on my plan, I pay no copays. I pay no deductibles. If I'm hospitalized, I pay nothing for that. Now, on those types of plans, uh, although there is no network, you do have to take a separate, what's called standalone Part D plan to cover your prescriptions. Okay. Now, for my prescriptions, I take a relatively inexpensive prescription plan. I just take two generics. I found that that was my best value okay. of the 22 drug plans offered in Massachusetts, the one that I have. So if I were new to Medicare, as I told you earlier, I'm not. I started on Medicare six years ago. But if I were brand new to Medicare, between my supplement plan and my Part D plan for prescriptions, it would cost me about $205. A month. Okay. So you compare that with what my wife paid, $45, and there's about a $160 delta there yeah. that I pay more than she pays. Okay. But why, why would I do that? I did that because I wanted access to the specialists in Boston. Okay. And the reason that I wanted access is unlike my wife, I did have a problem when I was 55, I had cancer. Okay. So at 55, I went into, in this case, the Brigham and Women Hospital. I had an operation. Everything was covered because I was on my commercial health plan at the time. Okay. When I turned 65, 10 years later, because of that experience, I said, now, you know, I had that experience when I was 55. Yeah. My mother had lymphoma when she was 64. Yeah, okay. So I had a family issue and I had a personal issue. So now I want access. Yeah, got it. Okay. Um, and I'm willing to pay additionally for yeah. that. As long as you know the information, you can make a well-reasoned decision That's about right. what you want to do. Yeah, okay. And my wife, if she were to develop something chronic, we would probably put her on a Medicare supplement plan, okay. which we can do every year between October 15th and December 7th. So the real good news is you got a ton of choices. You just have to be on top of what you makes got sense. A, you got changes. a ton yeah. of choices. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Uh, you, you look at them annually. Now, the fact is my wife and I are both looking this year at changing her from the HMO and me from the supplement plan to a PPO. Okay. And uh, I'm not going to get involved in that because that involves a brand name. Yeah. But, yep. but I'm seriously looking at that option. Yeah, you got to weigh all the information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you asked me a question, and I said we were going to get back to it, and now I've forgotten what the question is. Have you also forgotten yes. the question? Yes. Okay, oh, we'll, great, we'll, great. It'll pop up again in a minute. Okay. okay. <laughs> It'll come back. Well, I was, uh, I was trying to pay attention to you. I was. <laughs> I know. I remember. Oh, um, 
You were mentioning how uh, municipalities. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. All right. So when you have an employer group option yeah. uh, for Medicare, for example, you're maybe a retiree from Verizon yeah. or you're a retiree from a city or town. Um, usually that's your best option. Yeah, it's almost a no-brainer. you got to check. It's virtually a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. And the reason it's a no-brainer is, number one, the employer typically makes some sort of a contribution towards the premium. Yeah. Also, usually your prescription benefit does not have Part D associated with it. Okay. So Part D, you know, you've got the people know you've got a deductible involved in Part D. You have initial uh, coverage phase. You have then the dreaded coverage gap or donut hole. Yep. People always ask me, am I going to hit the coverage gap or donut hole? Because they know at that point their neighbor has told them, oh, my goodness, in August, all of a sudden, my prescription costs went through the roof. Yep. I hit the coverage gap. So they all assume, yeah, I'm going to hit it as well. When in likely, well, in reality, only about a third of the people nationally hit the coverage gap. Okay. So it only impacts about a third of the people. But it doesn't impact these retirees because they don't have Part D coverage. Got it. Okay. They have unlimited prescription coverage. So they have standardized copays throughout the course of the year. It never spikes on them. Okay. Okay. So, and, and, and those employers have to make those plans attractive for recruiting and retaining their, their employees. So it's just kind of a little competition, kind of nice. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yet it is, uh, you do have large companies that are trying to get rid of that benefit. That too, huh? Yeah. Uh, and, but you, I haven't seen that in municipalities yet. Yeah. Well, there's different <clears throat> variables at work there in terms of pressures and yes. people you know and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly right. It doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's good, but it's just kind of how it is. Right, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean that it that will be forever. Yeah, but I do think that anybody who's got a benefit now can can rest assured that that'll most likely be grandfathered. Yeah, and they won't have to uh, worry about it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, next <laughs> next thing we need to talk about, and I alluded to it at the end of that, is okay. So you have the four choices. Um, you also have Part D under Medicare, which is what covers prescriptions. So the Medicare Advantage plans, that third option, usually have the prescription piece built right into the plan. Yeah, all wrapped so, together. All wrapped together. You don't have to take it separately. Yeah. The Medicare Supplement plans, you do have to take a separate Part D plan. Okay. And in the Part D plans, it's got sort of a convoluted formula. So usually they are allowed to have this year, the Part D plans, a maximum of a $405 deductible. So next year that deductible is going to $415. Now what a deductible typically means is that so you pay that and you pay that until it's paid in full and then you move on to something else. So. What people think is that, okay, my plan has a, my drug plan has a $405 deductible, so I'm responsible for the first $405. But with Part D, that may or may not be true. And, I, and I'll use myself again okay. as an example. I have a plan this year whose deductible was $405, and yet I have not paid that $405 because my prescriptions are tier one and or tier two prescriptions. So they're generics. 
okay. and the generics don't trigger the uh, deductible. They priced those into the deal, basically. They did. Yeah, okay. So okay. what triggers the deductible is the more expensive brand name prescriptions and or brand name prescriptions themselves. Got it. Typically, that's found in tier three, four, or five. Those are the ones that trigger the deductible. Now, it gets tricky here. <laughs> it got tricky 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so okay. the reason it, I mentioned, so I have a plan. It had a $405 deductible yeah. for my prescriptions. My current prescriptions didn't trigger it. About a month and a half ago, I had a rash. So, you know, I'm a guy. I have a rash. Big deal. Yeah. I was going to ignore it. We were but I also have a wife. Yeah. And so she said, you know, you really need to <laughs> hey, go to bozo, the, go yeah, to the doctor. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You really need to go to the doctor for that. So the doctors looked at it and he said, eh, you know, it's not a big deal, but let me give you this prescription. So I said, fine. I went to my pharmacy and they wanted... $415 for my prescription. A tier 11 prescription? It, 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 was, a, it was a cheap prescription, but it, it got me, it was a tier 3 prescription. Okay, yeah. So what they wanted was they wanted the deductible of $405, yeah. and they wanted in its entirety, <laughs> plus they wanted the cost of the prescription. So I said, um, I asked them what the active ingredient in the prescription was. Uh, and I don't want to ba say baking it. soda. It, well, you know, it was no big deal. So I, I found out there's an over-the-counter drug, uh, cream that I could get for four four dollars and fifty nine cents. <laughs> I said, well, you know, I think I'll I'll take that. And the pharmacist said to me, well, the active ingredient isn't as strong in that as it is in uh, this prescription. Take I two said, of them. That's, that's right, but it's not $415 either. So, you know, that's a little bit of a wow. gamesmanship uh, that, yeah. frankly, uh, needs to be played on uh, on Part D. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And wow. I, so as I turned out, uh, I got the over-the-counter version. Yeah. The, the rash went away. And it cost me four dollars and fifty nine cents. <laughs> I love it, but um, but it, you know, but you know, the, the beauty of this country is we got all kinds of choices. The the work is you got to understand them and do the work to keep up with them. So that's that's yeah, right. Yeah, wow, that's right. Wow, so savvy guy, you. Huh? Holy cow. well, you know, it was just <laughs> no, no. Uh, I don't uh, want this prescription. We got I, 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 and I, and it's <laughs> funny because I I had looked it up on the Medicare website before I went in yep. to fill the prescription. Yeah, and it wasn't the four hundred and. $15. It didn't trigger the deductible. Yeah. But because I had uh, a plan where I had not yet paid the deductible, the Medicare website didn't take that into account. So uh, it I was a bit of a surprise when the when the pharmacist said that. And I, I rejected it right away. I said, <laughs> no way. I'm not doing it. Anyhow. Um, so you have the deductible on the Part D plans. Yep. You also have the uh, initial coverage period. Okay. And then during that time, the government this year would give you $3,750 of retail cost of prescriptions. So sometimes I tell that to people and they think, um, and that's before you hit the coverage gap. Okay. So they'll typically they'll send, the drug carriers will send you a statement every month saying, okay, this is how much you've spent of your allotted $3,750. It's not just the copays, it's the retail cost. Oh, so okay. that's the copay plus 
whatever the cost of the actual drug is. Oh, wow. Okay. And so you can get to that $3,750 quick. relatively quickly yeah. if you've got a prescription oh. that's expensive. Whoa. Okay. So cost matters. Wow. Okay. Okay. 